welcome to episode 19 of New Indian Woman podcast airing in early June 2020. In this episode, we continue talking to Kalpana Purushottaman who has been working with children and families in difficult circumstances for slightly over a decade. This is part 3 of the series on child sexual abuse. In part 1, that is episode 17, we focused a lot on increasing our awareness about child abuse in general and child sexual abuse in particular. In episode 18, we looked at prevention and in this final episode, we look at detection. Before you decide this is not applicable or relevant for you, possibly what you hear in this episode may equip you to help someone else. If at all it happens, how do we as moms detect and take the next steps? It is not going to be fair to expect the child to come and talk if we have spoken about all body parts and given the vocabulary given the space yes we can hope for the child to come and talk but i would also like to know your views in the context of how as moms we detect that something is happening in the child's life if the child is not talking i will give four kind of easy to remember ways in which we can detect we must pay attention and take an interest active interest in our children's lives to be able to identify these mm-hmm. the four things which i feel moms or in fact not only moms krishna i think dads must also take the yes i was saying that in the context of the listeners being the women yes and especially in the context of you saying that the child either may not have the vocabulary or may not be able to come and tell yes in that context one i would say look for any changes in sleep appetite or mood okay does your child seem very withdrawn afraid you know lost in herself again sleep regardless of age regardless of age again when i say sleep is your child sleeping a lot or is she finding it difficult to fall asleep does she keep uh, getting a lot of nightmares does she say ama see because children may not say i've gone through sexual abuse mm. but does she seem to keep waking up many times in the night or they'll say i'm having lot of bad dreams mm. things like that yeah. in terms of appetite mm. do you see that the child is suddenly lost all interest in food or sometimes especially maybe a little older children you see they they will start binge eating oh okay comfort eating yeah just putting everything in your mouth the slightly older child we may think the child is growing up and suddenly the appetite has increased maybe they are trying to cope up with the stress from this yes and the child is eating as a way to self soothe my second point of any changes in moods and behavior that you see okay things like irritability a loss of interest in things that she used to like to do earlier okay so for a child who probably liked to go out every day and play suddenly has she lost interest in playing does she seem afraid of certain people Okay does she seem afraid of going to certain places a child who used to always say i love badminton suddenly says ama i don't want to go for badminton class anymore hmm. things like that also younger children does she cling to you a lot okay they go on ama 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 i want to yeah, go with yeah. you does she seem afraid of being left alone hmm. if you're going out of the house she will insist that she also will come to you hmm. so these these kind of changes in behavior are you able to see something hmm. the third again is difficulty in terms of schooling and education difficulty in academics not wanting to go to school hmm. avoiding certain friends avoiding certain teachers not liking certain classes hmm. a child who was doing fairly well academically suddenly starts getting very bad scores says i am i am not able to concentrate hmm. 
or seems like her head is always elsewhere mm-hmm. she seems very lost in thought and the fourth would be to check for is your sh- child showing excessively sexualized behavior or using language or words that are beyond her age and vocabulary so suddenly you will have a child use a very uh, inappropriate word and you'll be like but who taught you this hmm. where did you hear now this is something which probably they've heard it from an adult they've yeah. heard it from an adult who's abusing them or in fact i knew a child who had suddenly started using all of this because the adult who was abusing her would send her uh, porn clips on whatsapp so we need not assume the child is safe but the child is getting exposed to all the, because these days we tend to blame the internet for many things like this i want to again specifically add a word of caution here hmm. that it's important to understand that all of these things yeah which i mentioned just change in sleep appetite mood change in behavior irritability difficulty in academics excessively sexualized behavior all of these hmm. can happen even due to other reasons right and not only because of child sexual abuse it is important yeah. at the same time i mentioned this because it is important for us to establish a channel of communication right that help the child to talk about this to us or confide to us as parents about the sexual abuse if it is happening assuming the parent notices some of these differences yes. even a conversation with the child in terms of why you are different etc may not elicit a direct answer is Correct. what i presume so how to handle that conversation i would say the next step is for the parent to realize whether mm-hmm. the parent needs external help or the parent mm-hmm. can handle this conversation i was just thinking of this 15 year old child mm-hmm. who had come to me uh, many months back she was studying in well known school in bangalore of course the parent uh, brought her saying that her academics were really bad and so a, a lot of the signs that we spoke about huh. the parent was a kind of an aware parent uh, she she was almost certain that the child had gone through something and she seems very withdrawn and she's not talking and all of that so she says i hate my mother because my mother thinks she knows everything and uh, i'm sure she's told you uh, that i've got sexually abused but i want to tell you that uh, i was not sexually abused i'm pregnant so i'm swallowing really hard and i was like so do you want to talk about this so she says yes uh, there is this boy in my school and he's also in my ninth class and i'm already in my head because i'm thinking oh god mandatory reporting i need to report this child and i'll have to take her to the doctor and how am i going to tell her mother and all of those things are already going on in my head and then this child all of 14 years old tells me so i really like this boy and he's really cute and then i ask her this very mundane question hmm. which we as mental health professionals are trained to ask when was your last menstrual period hmm. i'm mentally already on the way to the doctor hmm. with her and then she looks at me and she says about a week back and then i was like okay wait one second she just didn't she just say she was pregnant then i ask her okay so do you want to talk a little more and then this child goes on to tell me that she's kissed this boy she's kissed him and in her head and her experience of an exposure to the net has all that she said she thought that kissing would make her pregnant oh, oh god and this has been going on for 3 months this kids calculating 3 months and telling me i'm pregnant so do you see what what we think yeah we our think assumptions can be completely so wrong yeah completely so i told her okay then we had this entire conversation not about abuse but about pregnancy and about 
what is it that she liked about this boy and what made her think she was pregnant and all of those hmm. so the entire direction of the conversation completely changed yeah so having said that your question of do children come and tell yes children can and do tell but only when we provide a safe and supportive environment hmm. for them to tell or to talk about the abuse so uh, like i said earlier it's never too early to talk to children about safety the earlier part of our conversation where we said we must talk to children about their body parts we must teach them that some body parts are private and must not be seen by other people hmm. and that we must not allow other people to touch them along with that we must teach children that their body is their own and that no one is allowed to touch them without their permission right it is important for the parent to closely observe and yes for whatever reasons that environment to share and communicate if at all it is not there i would mm. presume the next step is for the parents to take the child to the counselor in the example that you discussed that mm. lady mm. did the right thing by bringing that girl to you right even today with so much of awareness still there is a stigma of family matters and why involve another person kind of a thing so what would be your recommendation i am talking about the scenario when the parent feels something is amiss maybe some of the symptoms that you discussed and maybe the conversation is not going there is no conversation at all right. so what could the parent do okay see couple of things one is of course i cannot stress enough that we must practice hmm. with our children see we cannot teach children about consent if we have not taught them how consent looks like hmm. example a simple thing that when you are going to give your child a bath even young babies hmm. stations like can amma give you a bath hmm. can i wash and wait for the ch- the child will say yes hmm. if the child says no then you tell them but i need to give you a bath and if they say okay no respect their choice if they say no right tell them why it is important to have a bath rather than forcing them and marching them to the bathroom because you are in a hurry yeah so that way we teach them about both consent and boundaries Correct. again telling children and teaching them over and over again that secrets about body or sexual activity is not okay hmm. and we keep reassuring children that they can come and talk to us if anyone ever asks them to keep a secret related to their body hmm. again in the age of uh, social media teaching our children that they must not take pictures of their private parts and share it with anyone on whatsapp or instagram yeah teaching them that you must not allow anyone to take picture of your private hmm. parts also that if someone is threatening you or blackmailing you with information or pictures or any other you must immediately come and inform us hmm. that kind of stuff in terms of asking help from either a teacher or a counselor or a doctor any professional help is important everybody would agree it is important the repercussions of it approaching a counselor means it is out there in the public kind of a fear absolutely when somebody approaches a counselor it is done in secrecy as a society we need to be in a position yeah. to openly talk about the fact that okay my child is undergoing therapy or whatever we are far yeah. from that point one but at the same time conveying how these matters are done with confidentiality so if you could touch upon those aspects it would really help okay before i speak of that i just wanted to complete the response to the earlier question that you had sure. which i felt i did not address adequately go ahead which was saying what can we as parents actually do when a child yes. confides that part we missed i was talking about both the scenarios of when the child confides and when you do not know how to handle in both the scenarios right i would just like to mention maybe five or six things that we as parent in terms of very practical things hmm. first and foremost do not hush the child up okay 
listen to them calmly and patiently and encourage them to share whatever they wish to hmm. i would say that would be the absolutely first thing to do hmm. second i would say manage your own emotions especially fear and anger hmm. stay focused on the child and what she is telling you and what you need to do for her hmm. do not panic i know this may not be easy especially for a lot of us as mothers because it is very distressing when we hear our own child telling us about these things but it is important not easy but important hmm. of course later on you want to go and sit in the bathroom and have a good cry or call a friend and talk about it or go to a counselor yourself perfectly all right hmm. but when your child is telling you and in your interactions with your child giving the child reassurance hmm. that don't worry i'm here for you and that you can tell me what you want most important that you're not afraid of the abuser hmm. and reassuring the child that don't worry i will not come to harm because many times the abuser may have told the child that i will do this to your mother i will do that to your father kind of a such thing such a wonderful point you're sharing in fact the third thing i wanted to say is tell the child over and over again in different ways if required saying this is not your fault hmm. see for example the default setting for a lot of us indian parents is why do you have to go when he called you why didn't you tell me earlier i have told you so many times you should not go to the park alone yes it seems like a very normal natural response for us mm. to do but what happens is this ends up making the child feel that she is somehow responsible for the abuse mm. and this can leave the child feeling blamed or that she has made a mistake in telling you yeah. because you're scolding she will start thinking saying ayo why did i have to tell amma see amma scolding me now or amma is so upset about this which means that whole objective of why this whole process of detection and taking it's because you want the best for your child and somewhere that gets lost in the process completely and therefore telling the child repeatedly this is not your fault mm. this is not your fault is very important and not just telling it once or twice in many ways and by many ways i mean you're sharing it with your spouse or your partner or your grandparents or even the counselor mm. or the doctor whoever it is that you're sharing this thing with and saying that in front of the child mm. reassures the child that oh amma is on my side she is not blaming me for this the fourth thing i would say is appreciate the child for having confided in you okay and encourage her to share respect what the child is sharing and this is again i will say this for us as parents do not insist on sordid details she will tell you when she is ready many times it is our anxiety to know what did he do where how did he do i think we we must rise above that yes and resist that temptation when the child is ready it will come it will come maybe in bits and pieces maybe a little time later mm. whenever whenever she is ready just the fact that even if the child is saying amma i am so scared that this terrible thing happened to me mm. and that's all maybe the child will say mm. that is enough for now and staying patient till the child is ready to tell you more mm. that i think is very very important so at each step you are giving yes. confidence to the child i am there i am there for you yes. and allowing yes. the child to open up more next time a little more detail will come so the fifth thing i would say is tell the child you believe her story okay many children hesitate from telling because they are afraid they will not be believed especially going back to our earlier conversation krishna where we said that if it is somebody who's really close to us as parents or close to the child hmm. my own mama does this my own father my own grandparent then the child will say 
and see the child sees that person the abuser is a very trusted person of what you so beautifully described as the inner circle right your life so the child is now really scared and hesitant to say that is amma going to believe if i say mama did this to so me so that is true even if the child is talking about the child sibling or yes. the father or yes. right hmm whoever so telling the child i believe you that again encourages the child to open up hmm. there will be time for investigation and interrogation and clarification and validation and all of those things much later hmm. but if the child is saying something say tell her that yes i i do believe i do believe what you're saying so tell me more hmm. and then of course this point of what you said is about getting professional help get professional help which means that you know consult a doctor if you need to get a counselor go to a psychiatrist so there i have a doubt again unfortunately yeah. most of us may yeah. know the nearest dentist but they may not know a counselor right so how is it that one finds out because it's a tricky situation if you have to ask someone whom you know went to a counselor which itself is very rare right that person will ask okay why what happened etc but you do not feel ashamed or embarrassed to talk about i need to go to a dentist because throughout my life i did not take care of my teeth well correct how does a parent navigate in earlier times the family doctor was that one person who probably knew not just the ailments that we suffered from yeah. but actually knew our families Correct. and the lives that we led right. knew our relationships and therefore that family doctor was a person that we could go to and he or she was our first point of contact Correct. our first line of support and defense in a sense yes that we count on who would actually link us to other professionals in the community hmm. unfortunately today we don't have that hmm. on the positive side we do have several uh, organizations uh, all over india where we are finding increasingly more number not as much as we would like to or as we need but definitely increasing number of mental health professionals and uh, medical health professionals trained to deal with children who have undergone uh, sexual abuse mm-hmm. speaking of bangalore uh, the department of child and adolescent psychiatry nimhans hmm. bangalore uh, offers a range of uh, medical psychiatric and psychosocial services okay including counseling for the child family in addition in bangalore there are also several um, ngos like enfold the mukta foundation in chennai you have tulir in uh, mumbai you have arpan these are just top of the head recall i'm saying some of these names who have very well trained team of counselors and uh, mental health professionals who can provide these services for children and families who've gone through sexual uh, abuse and in fact not just counseling services but these and several other uh, organizations across uh, india who are working in the area of preventing child sexual abuse and besides these uh, psychosocial and mental health services, services there are several legal and mental health professionals also in private practice mm-hmm. including people like me who can help and support survivors and families cope with this very distressing and difficult time in their lives mm. in fact the good thing about the internet is that you can google and check for most these kind of professionals in your city you search for counselors and see typically many counselors in their profile they do mention a in the worst case they can reach out to the nearest hospital somewhere and ask them for can they refer a counselor in the area if they are coming from a small town right right 
One more point is I wanted you to highlight the importance of detecting and handling it because it's not as if it has happened and it is fate mm-hmm. and the child will somehow manage mm-hmm. life. I would like you to share about once mm-hmm. this detection happens, how this kind of trauma, is there a solution mm-hmm. to that? Let me talk about why it is important to detect by talking about what kind of repercussions will happen if we don't detect. Okay. It can have really serious repercussions. Now, what do I mean by that? For the child, the entire personality undergoes a change many times. The child often becomes very, very timid, very fearful, or the child can become very angry and aggressive. And, very and some of this can be suppressed and it may yes, have an impact yes. much later in life, right? And not just that, the child may in, even indulge in very unhealthy behaviors like self-harm, substance abuse, sexually risky behavior like having multiple sexual partners, not using protection. And see, this is a greater uh, harm that often goes undetected. Hmm. It's not just the, the primary harm of sexual abuse. Hmm. But because of that, who is the child becoming Then the other risk is many of the survivors are also at a risk of developing several mental health conditions like depression, having suicidal thoughts Hmm. and behaviors, and they really struggle to cope with the stresses and demands of life. Hmm. The other effect is that, see, social behavior, social behavior can change. Academic performance can get affected. Hmm. Concentration and memory gets affected. There's a difficulty in forming stable or trusting relationships all of these are often the effects of actually a person trying to cope with that unaddressed child sexual abuse. Okay. And all of these we were talking earlier is not limited to childhood alone and may persist well into adulthood. Right. This detection that we are talking about is really, really so very important. Yeah. In fact, Krishna, not just for the child, as you are aware, I'm also part of the legal system. Hmm. So I want to also talk about why if we don't detect and help and address the issue of child sexual abuse, not just for the child. See, even for the abuser. Okay. And here I would like to, I know we are probably towards the end of our uh, conversation, Mm. but throughout we've been calling this person the abuser. Mm. I prefer to call this person as the person causing sexual harm. Mm. Because we must not forget that he or she may have faced abuse himself or herself. Mm. And therefore, that person also needs help. Okay. And if their abusive behavior is not checked, hmm. it can escalate and result in further and greater harm. So there are multiple perspectives. Absolutely. And it may encourage them to believe that they can get away with such abusive behavior. Yes. And they will continue uh, to find other victims. Yes, because they are, yes. And therefore, it is very important for us to address the person causing harm as well. Hmm. So not just working with the victims and survivors of child sexual abuse, Hmm. but also with persons causing sexual harm. Yes. We must remember that often the person who's causing this hurt and harm has also been hurt and harmed himself or herself. Yes. And like you said, most of the time, that particular Mm. person is also a family member. Exactly. And which is what in psychology we call it intergenerational abuse. Mm. The cycle of sexual abuse goes on and on because we have not addressed it. We have not addressed it at any level. So by detecting it and taking help, we are not only Mm. addressing our own child, but we are stopping the chain and also making help available to the person who has caused the harm. Yes. And that is, I would say, a powerful way of breaking that cycle of abuse. Yes. 
When it comes to this particular child who was abused, once this detection and we talked about this point of taking to the professional help with adequate care and attention, with the professional inputs, the child is able to come out of the trauma or is it that the child has to forever live with that? See, certainly professional help, I would think, is a huge help and a huge resource. Mm-hmm. And support for children uh, who have gone through sexual abuse, because oftentimes family members can be so distressed and afraid and angry, and it just makes it that much harder mm-hmm. for them to also address what is going on with, because there's so much going on with themselves. Sorry. It's it's hard not to feel guilty as parents mm. to say, oh my God, how, how could I allow this to happen to my child? Mm. Somehow thinking that maybe even the, this guilt of maybe I should have done something mm. else. Maybe if I was there, it wouldn't have happened. Maybe I should have spoken to him earlier. Mm. All mm. of that, the hundred ways in which we beat ourselves yeah. up. And therefore, professional help certainly, certainly relieves a whole lot of that distress and can definitely support both the child as well as people in that, the significant others, Mm. as we call it, the people in that inner circle who are able to deal with this better. Okay. Second is that professional help can equip the child as well as people around him with the skills that are required to cope with what has happened Mm. in the immediate aftermath of the abuse as well as over a period of time. So for example, if I know that my child has gone through this and the skills in terms of when the professional is counseling the entire family, Helping the family prioritize as to what will we consider as important right now, what can be postponed for a little later, Hmm. things like that. Okay. Then, again, in terms of distancing from the abuser, especially if the abuser is somebody in the family. So, how do you deal with those inter-family dynamics that are likely to happen? Mm -hmm. All of these are areas in which the professionals can certainly help. Okay. And again, over a period of time, like we've been saying throughout our conversation, those bigger and larger conversations around personal safety for the child, around consent, around boundaries, around assertiveness, helping the child learn all of those Hmm. over a period. I think in all those ways, professional help can certainly help for both the child and the family. And it's very important to not make counseling or professional help into this project that only the victim or the survivor has to go through. Yeah. Because that is also the danger where we put the entire responsibility of dealing with the abusive experience only on the shoulders of the child. Yes. Or on the other extreme, the parent thinking that, no, I will uh, shower love and affection and somehow that would compensate for everything. That is also wrong. Absolutely. It is important to seek professional help. In that process where everybody is owning some bit of that process. Yes. Maybe you need to talk to the teacher in school, take some that one teacher in confidence who you feel can be told about what is going on with the child, what is the support that the child needs in school, hmm. who, who are the people in your inner circle who you can count on, lean on in such times, all of that. So everybody owns a piece of the healing yes. that the child needs to go through. Wonderful. Uh, Kalpana, is there something else that when we wind up that you wanted to share which we have not covered as part of this? I think we we did cover fair ground. (laughs) It's nice. We did. We covered broadly the areas of uh, awareness 
prevention and detection this interaction was like it was like a close friend or a sister sitting next to us with all their experience oh that you and sharing all the do's and don'ts and advice and everything it was so valuable and this is something i'm telling you which nobody can google and find all these instructions <laughs> <laughs> so there is a limit to google and there is something which only a closed one can share so that kind of a feeling is what i'm left with today yeah oh actually in fact i was so conscious of the time and that i must give a lot of information but otherwise usually my conversations tend to slip into uh, a lot of uh, examples and anecdotes which i think help people to remember better mm-hmm. but again i i was also very conscious of and making sure i also in some way kind of did justice to the questions that were being asked there is so much of valuable info and it is very important that what we have discussed is out there for people to access sure, sure. yeah so thank you again thank you so much kalpana welcome i'm happy if you would want to put out my email id in case people want to write it sure as i shared earlier we chose to get into the details of this particular topic despite this being a very difficult one it is required as we all know it is not a common practice to discuss it very openly in our households hence each of us as a new indian woman should increase our awareness and take steps to empower our children better we will connect again in the next episode in the meanwhile would you share this episode widely with the people in your life thanks a lot for that remember you are what you want to be and the time starts now <laughs>